Welcome to the Workspace Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Arperton, and today we're going to talk about how the landlord broker really affects deals, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I'm going to start off by stating the fact, again, that a great deal is made. It's never found. What makes commercial real estate unique, more unique than any other industry, is that the majority of the data used to make decisions in this business is kind of opaque. Unlike residential real estate, where a resident can use an app to instantly pull dozens or even hundreds of comps in an instant, commercial real estate in many cases has just one or two comps in the market. In some cases even, we're evaluating properties that have nothing in common with other properties close to it, but yet and still, we still need to make an accurate comparison to put a value on it. Now, when a business owner is looking for office space or industrial space or retail space to purchase or lease, they're gonna come across a broker 95% of the time. Even if they do a deal directly, they're gonna be dealing with a landlord broker or that landlord will be getting advice from a broker on how to price the property. Now, brokers are people. They're far from perfect, just like people aren't perfect. And it's important to understand how different ethics, morals, and skill levels will affect your experience in buying or leasing a property. Now, let's start off with a landlord broker. For business owners that are looking for space to lease, this is usually the first or second professional they'll see. Landlord brokers are usually specialists that operate exclusively in representing a certain type of property in a certain market. They make a living by approaching different building owners and they pitch. So, so they're selling to these owners. They'll tell them how fast they can lease up a property or how quickly they can raise rents for the building, raise rental rates for the building. They talk about how much profit a building should be making. They recommend improvements to a building. Here's one of the biggest contributions of a landlord broker. They negotiate every new deal and every lease renewal on behalf of the owner. Now the average listing broker in major markets like Houston, they have tons of experience and they're very, very savvy negotiators. In Houston where there are thousands of commercial properties, there are really only a handful of listing brokers and they get a ton of deal flow every year. Now it's important to talk about how landlord brokers are actually paid. Landlord brokers are paid through the terms arranged in a listing contract between that broker's firm and the building owner. And there's a commission that's usually six to 8% that's paid for every deal that's run through the firm. Now let's talk about how that affects you as someone looking for space. The landlord broker has a legal and fiduciary responsibility to the landlord only. They cannot represent you. If they represent you, they can get sued or they can get reported to Trek because the landlord broke, the landlord's gonna have a problem with that. They can't represent you, they have to represent the landlord. They cannot give you information to help you craft a better deal. They can't give you anything that's gonna help you or they're breaking their fiduciary responsibility. Landlord brokers are rewarded for exceeding their sales goals. So the higher your rent, the more strict your terms, the better they do. They get paid more for new deals than renewals. So if you're focusing on a renewal, Understand that if, you're, if your property is attractive that you're in and they have a new deal on the horizon, an unethical broker can look at more dollar signs for that new deal coming in than you being there. That's important to keep in mind when you're negotiating. Here's another point. They get paid more when you as a business owner don't use a broker. So there's usually a 6 to 8% commission on the table. If you don't use a broker, they get, in some cases, twice as much money. So there's a financial incentive for them to encourage you not to have help. Here's a really important point. They know the market better than you. I don't care how smart you are. 
you're not gonna know more than a broker that's in this business every single day. You just can't do it. They're doing deals every day. You're doing deals once every five to seven years. They're prepared for every counter and objection that you can think of. They, they already know that you check with your neighbor. They already know that you want one or two months free rent. They already know that you want certain build out. They can think of the objections. They know how to counter it. Last but not least, they're already looking for your potential replacement. So understand that if you're not looking for space because you're comfortable in a spot and you love it, I hear that all the time. I love my space. That's great. But if you don't have a backup, understand that, especially in hot markets, they can knock on your door and say, you know, we have a full floor tenant that wants to take this space. We need to move you. Now, all of a sudden, you got three months to move. And if you don't have a backup, you're in a bad spot. Now, let's get to the good, bad and ugly about how this whole setup in commercial real estate where you have a broker on the other side, how that affects you in your life as you're trying to get space, whether to buy or the lease. An ethical broker, let's assume you have an ethical broker, right? That's doing everything right. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're checking on all the boxes. They're following the law that the state of Texas or whatever state you're in um, wants brokers to abide by. That person that's doing things the right and honest way for the landlord at best will provide you little to no help in crafting a lease deal that is fairer to you looking for space. Not only is it not within their fiduciary responsibility, it's not in their best interest. Think about going to a courtroom for a speeding ticket and asking a court prosecutor to help you on a case. Good luck with that. I actually tried that before. It doesn't end well. The only break you're going to get is they're going to offer something in their best interest. Like I'll give you a slight decrease in the penalty so you can get this court case process faster. You know, they won't tell you most of the stuff that will actually help you because they don't work for you. So an ethical broker at best will be little to no help. And a broker that is money motivated or deal motivated or represents a very large amount of properties, they're going to be even worse because they're going to deal with you from a purely statistical perspective. You're no longer a person. You're just a number. Let me give you an example of that. If you are part of a building that's part of a real estate investment trust or you're part of one of these class A huge buildings in a major market downtown, these are institutional owners. They're looking at numbers. They're not looking at Joe Blow that leases this space or Mary Sue. They're looking at a number. They're looking at uh, whether or not you're meeting the numbers that they want for that building. So they're going to tell you a lease can't be changed when you're negotiating. They're going to tell you, I can't give you free rent. They're going to tell you, we can't do build out. We can't do this. We can't do that. It's not personal. They're just trying to meet the established parameters of what they told the building owners they can do. I want you to understand that, that they sold. That's how they got the job. They told the guys we can lease at X amount. So they want to be right. They're not going to give you unless you force them to. They're not going to give you more than they told these guys they can do. And the, the more they put the screws to you, the better they look. So I hope you understand that they simply cannot give you a good deal because it's going to make them look bad. How would you feel if you told a guy that you can help him lease up a property at a certain price point and then all you're doing is bringing deals below the price point you said? You're not going to have a job very long. That guy would say, look, I hired you to make me a certain amount of money and all you're bringing me is bum deals. Get out of here. So that brings me to an ugly part of this business. You could very well be in a building that is overpriced because the landlord broker made an ambitious, ambitious promise to an owner to get a deal. 
You could be negotiating with that person right now and hear the same excuses that I just mentioned to you about why they cannot do this or can't do that. The sad truth is, is that people need the best deals for their business, usually to attempt to negotiate directly with these landlords and they get the worst deals. It makes sense though, a business trying to save money is, is going to believe that going straight to the landlord is going to save them because they don't have to pay commission. The sad thing is, the landlord's paying commission to a broker anyway. Whether you use a broker or not, the only problem is you get no benefit. And sadly, in most cases, you're going to overpay in this scenario. So I want you to remember one thing. You can't shop for a commercial property the same way that you rent an apartment or buy a house. That'll kill you in this business. It's the assumption that you could take your experience in these areas in life and apply them here. So the fact that a landlord's broker's techniques are really built around you assuming that the landlord broker is trustworthy. It's built around you assuming that the landlord is looking out for your best interest and may give you a fair deal. Now, your average consumer purchasing a car or house has so many laws protecting them from this type of, of activity, this type of leverage, because they don't expect the average consumer to be sophisticated enough to be aware of the inherent dangers here. In commercial real estate, you're a big boy or big girl. They expect you to be aware. And most of you are, to be fair, but there's still a significant number that, that don't do what I'm about to propose. It's your choice on whether or not you wanna attempt this deal without help. And it's a free country. So if you wanna do it, that's your choice and that's your right. But why would you want to negotiate against someone that does this every day when you, at best, will only do it every five to seven years? Don't be that guy or don't be that gal. Make sure that you have an experienced, ethical, honest broker with a teacher's heart to level the playing field and set up a win-win scenario so both sides can have a fair deal. So this was a long podcast, but I thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. This is James Robertson signing off. I hope you get the best deal at the best price with the best terms possible. Thanks again. Welcome to the Workspace Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, James Robertson, and today we're going to talk about how the landlord broker really affects deals, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I'm going to start off by stating the fact, again, that a great deal is made. It's never found. What makes commercial real estate unique, more unique than any other industry, is that the majority of the data used to make decisions in this business is kind of opaque. Unlike residential real estate, where a resident can use an app to instantly pull dozens or even hundreds of comps in an instant. Commercial real estate in many cases has just one or two comps in the market. In some cases even, we're evaluating properties that have nothing in common with other properties close to it, but yet and still, we still need to make an accurate comparison to put a value on it. Now, when a business owner is looking for office space or industrial space or retail space to purchase or lease, they're gonna come across a broker 95% of the time. Even if they do a deal directly, they're going to be dealing with a landlord broker or that landlord will be getting advice from a broker on how to price the property. Now, brokers are people. They're far from perfect, just like people aren't perfect. And it's important to understand how different ethics, morals and skill levels will affect your experience in buying or leasing a property. Now, let's start off with a landlord broker. For business owners that are looking for space to lease, 
This is usually the first or second professional they'll see. Landlord brokers are usually specialists that operate exclusively in representing a certain type of property in a certain market. They make a living by approaching different building owners and they pitch. So, so they're selling to these owners. They'll tell them how fast they can lease up a property or how quickly they can raise rents for the building, raise rental rates for the building. They talk about how much profit a building should be making. They recommend improvements to a building. Here's one of the biggest contributions of a landlord broker. They negotiate every new deal and every lease renewal on behalf of the owner. Now the average listing broker in major markets like Houston, they have tons of experience and they're very, very savvy negotiators. In Houston where there are thousands of commercial properties, they're really only a handful of listing brokers and they get a ton of deal flow every year. Now it's important to talk about how landlord brokers are actually paid. Landlord brokers are paid through the terms arranged in a listing contract between that broker's firm and the building owner. And there's a commission that's usually six to 8% that's paid for every deal that's run through the firm. Now let's talk about how that affects you as someone looking for space. The landlord broker has a legal and fiduciary responsibility to the landlord only. They cannot represent you. If they represent you, they can get sued or they can get reported to Trek because the landlord broke, the landlord's gonna have a problem with that. They can't represent you, they have to represent the landlord. They cannot give you information to help you craft a better deal. They can't give you anything that's gonna help you or they're breaking their fiduciary responsibility. Landlord brokers are rewarded for exceeding their sales goals. So the higher your rent, the more strict your terms, the better they do. They get paid more for new deals than renewals. So if you're focusing on a renewal, Understand that if, you're, if your property is attractive that you're in and they have a new deal on the horizon, an unethical broker can look at more dollar signs for that new deal coming in than you being there. That's important to keep in mind when you're negotiating. Here's another point. They get paid more when you as a business owner don't use a broker. So there's usually a 6 to 8% commission on the table. If you don't use a broker, they get, in some cases, twice as much money. So there's a financial incentive for them to encourage you not to have help. Here's a really important point. They know the market better than you. I don't care how smart you are. You're not gonna know more than a broker that's in this business every single day. You just can't do it. They're doing deals every day. You're doing deals once every five to seven years. They're prepared for every counter and objection that you can think of. They, they already know that you check with your neighbor. They already know that you want one or two months free rent. They already know that you want certain build out. They can think of the objections. They know how to counter it. Last but not least, they're already looking for your potential replacement. So understand that if you're not looking for space because you're comfortable in a spot and you love it, I hear that all the time. I love my space. That's great. But if you don't have a backup, understand that, especially in hot markets, they can knock on your door and say, you know, we have a full floor tenant that wants to take this space. We need to move you. Now, all of a sudden, you got three months to move. And if you don't have a backup, you're in a bad spot. Now, let's get to the good, bad, and ugly about how this whole setup in commercial real estate where you have a broker on the other side, how that affects you in your life as you're trying to get space, whether to buy or the lease. An ethical broker, let's assume you have an ethical broker, right? That's doing everything right. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're checking on all the boxes. They're following the law that the state of Texas or whatever state you're in 
um, wants brokers to abide by, that person that's doing things the right and honest way for the landlord, at best, will provide you little to no help in crafting a lease deal that is fairer to you looking for space. Not only is it not within their fiduciary responsibility, it's not in their best interest. Think about going to a courtroom for a speeding ticket and asking a court prosecutor to help you on a case. Good luck with that. I actually tried that before. It doesn't end well. The only break you're going to get is they're going to offer something in their best interest. Like, I'll give you a slight decrease in the penalty so you can get this court case process faster. You know, they won't tell you most of the stuff that will actually help you because they don't work for you. So an ethical broker at best will be little to no help. And a broker that is money motivated or deal motivated or represents a very large amount of properties, they're going to be even worse because they're going to deal with you from a purely statistical perspective. You're no longer a person. You're just a number. Let me give you an example of that. If you are part of a building that's part of a real estate investment trust, or you're part of one of these class A huge buildings in a major market downtown, these are institutional owners. They're looking at numbers. They're not looking at Joe Blow that leases this space or Mary Sue. They're looking at a number. They're looking at uh, whether or not you're meeting the numbers that they want for that building. So they're gonna tell you a lease can't be changed when you're negotiating. They're gonna tell you, I can't give you free rent. They're gonna tell you, we can't do build out. We can't do this, we can't do that. It's not personal. They're just trying to meet the established parameters of what they told the building owners they can do. I want you to understand that, that they sold, that's how they got the job. They told the guys we can lease at X amount. So they wanna be right. They're not gonna give you, unless you're forcing to, they're not gonna give you more than they told these guys they can do. And the, the more they put the screws to you, the better they look. So I hope you understand that they simply cannot give you a good deal because it's gonna make them look bad. How would you feel if you told a guy that you can help him lease up a property at a certain price point, and then all you're doing is bringing deals below the price point you said? You're not gonna have a job very long. That guy would say, look, I hired you to make me a certain amount of money, and all you're bringing me is bum deals. Get out of here. So. That brings me to an ugly part of this business. You could very well be in a building that is overpriced because the landlord broker made an ambitious, ambitious promise to an owner to get a deal. You could be negotiating with that person right now and hear the same excuses that I just mentioned to you about why they cannot do this or can't do that. The sad truth is, is that people need the best deals for their business, usually to attempt to negotiate directly with these landlords and they get the worst deals. It makes sense though, a business trying to save money is, is going to believe that going straight to the landlord is going to save them because they don't have to pay commission. The sad thing is, the landlord's paying commission to a broker anyway, whether you use a broker or not. The only problem is you get no benefit. And sadly, in most cases, you're going to overpay in this scenario. So I want you to remember one thing. You can't shop for a commercial property the same way that you rent an apartment or buy a house. That'll kill you in this business. It's the assumption that you could take your experience in these areas in life and apply them here. So the fact that a landlord's broker's techniques are really built around you assuming that the landlord broker is trustworthy. It's built around you assuming that the landlord is looking out for your best interest and may give you a fair deal. Now, your average consumer purchasing a car or house has so many laws protecting them from this type of, of activity. 
this type of leverage because they don't expect the average consumer to be sophisticated enough to be aware of the inherent dangers here. In commercial real estate, you're a big boy or big girl. They expect you to be aware. And most of you are, to be fair, but there's still a significant number that, that don't do what I'm about to propose. It's your choice on whether or not you wanna attempt this deal without help. And it's a free country. So if you wanna do it, that's your choice and that's your right. But why would you want to negotiate against someone that does this every day when you, at best, will only do it every five to seven years? Don't be that guy or don't be that gal. Make sure that you have an experienced, ethical, honest broker with a teacher's heart to level the playing field and set up a win-win scenario so both sides can have a fair deal. So this was a long podcast, but I thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. This is James Robertson signing off. I hope you get the best deal at the best price with the best terms possible. Thanks again. Welcome to the Workspace Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, James Robertson, and today we're going to talk about how the landlord broker really affects deals the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now I'm gonna start off by stating the fact again that a great deal is made, it's never found. What makes commercial real estate unique, more unique than any other industry, is that the majority of the data used to make decisions in this business is kind of opaque. Unlike residential real estate, where a resident can use an app to instantly pull dozens or even hundreds of comps in an instant, commercial real estate in many cases has just one or two comps in the market. In some cases even, we're evaluating properties that have nothing in common with other properties close to it, but yet and still, we still need to make an accurate comparison to put a value on it. Now, when a business owner is looking for office space or industrial space or retail space to purchase or lease, they're gonna come across a broker 95% of the time. Even if they do a deal directly, they're gonna be dealing with a landlord broker or that landlord will be getting advice from a broker on how to price the property. Now, brokers are people. They're far from perfect, just like people aren't perfect. And it's important to understand how different ethics, morals, and skill levels will affect your experience in buying or leasing a property. Now, let's start off with a landlord broker. For business owners that are looking for space to lease, this is usually the first or second professional they'll see. Landlord brokers are usually specialists that operate exclusively in representing a certain type of property in a certain market. They make a living by approaching different building owners and they pitch. So, so they're selling to these owners. They'll tell them how fast they can lease up a property or how quickly they can raise rents for the building, raise rental rates for the building. They talk about how much profit a building should be making. They recommend improvements to a building. Here's one of the biggest contributions of a landlord broker. They negotiate every new deal and every lease renewal on behalf of the owner. Now the average listing broker in major markets like Houston, they have tons of experience and they're very, very savvy negotiators. In Houston where there are thousands of commercial properties, they're really only a handful of listing brokers and they get a ton of deal flow every year. Now it's important to talk about how landlord brokers are actually paid. Landlord brokers are paid through the terms arranged in a listing contract between that broker's firm and the building owner. And there's a commission that's usually six to 8% that's paid for every deal that's run through the firm. Now let's talk about how that affects you as someone looking for space. 
The landlord broker has a legal and fiduciary responsibility to the landlord only. They cannot represent you. If they represent you, they can get sued or they can get reported to Trek because the landlord broke, the landlord's gonna have a problem with that. They can't represent you, they have to represent the landlord. They cannot give you information to help you craft a better deal. They can't give you anything that's gonna help you or they're breaking their fiduciary responsibility. Landlord brokers are rewarded for exceeding their sales goals. So the higher your rent, the more strict your terms, the better they do. They get paid more for new deals than renewals. So if you're focusing on a renewal, understand that if, you're, if your property is attractive that you're in and they have a new deal on the horizon, an unethical broker can look at more dollar signs for that new deal coming in than you being there. That's important to keep in mind when you're negotiating. Here's another point. They get paid more when you as a business owner don't use a broker. So there's usually a six to 8% commission on the table. If you don't use a broker, they get in some cases twice as much money. So there's a financial incentive for them to encourage you not to have help. Here's a really important point. They know the market better than you. I don't care how smart you are. You're not gonna know more than a broker that's in this business every single day. You just can't do it. They're doing deals every day. You're doing deals once every five to seven years. They're prepared for every counter and objection that you can think of. They, they already know that you check with your neighbor. They already know that you want one or two months free rent. They already know that you want certain build out. They can think of the objections. They know how to counter it. Last but not least, they're already looking for your potential replacement. So understand that if you're not looking for space because you're comfortable in a spot and you love it, I hear that all the time. I love my space. That's great. But if you don't have a backup, understand that, especially in hot markets, they can knock on your door and say, you know, we have a full floor tenant that wants to take this space. We need to move you. Now, all of a sudden, you got three months to move. And if you don't have a backup, you're in a bad spot. Now, let's get to the good, bad, and ugly about how this whole setup in commercial real estate where you have a broker on the other side, how that affects you in your life as you're trying to get space, whether to buy or the lease. An ethical broker, let's assume you have an ethical broker, right? That's doing everything right. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're checking on all the boxes. They're following the law that the state of Texas or whatever state you're in um, wants brokers to abide by. That person that's doing things the right and honest way for the landlord at best will provide you little to no help in crafting a lease deal that is fairer to you looking for space. Not only is it not within their fiduciary responsibility, it's not in their best interest. Think about going to a courtroom for a speeding ticket and asking a court prosecutor to help you on a case. Good luck with that. I actually tried that before. It doesn't end well. The only break you're gonna get is they're gonna offer something in their best interest. Like I'll give you a slight decrease in the penalty so you can get this court case process faster. You know, they won't tell you most of the stuff that will actually help you because they don't work for you. So an ethical broker at best will be little to no help and a broker that is money motivated or deal motivated or represents a very large amount of properties, they're gonna be even worse because they're gonna deal with you from a purely statistical perspective. You're no longer a person, you're just a number. Let me give you an example of that. If you are part of a building that's part of a real estate investment trust, or you're part of one of these class A huge buildings in a major market downtown, these are institutional owners. They're looking at numbers. They're not looking at 
Joe Blow that leases this space or Mary Sue. They're looking at a number. They're looking at uh, whether or not you're meeting the numbers that they want for that building. So they're going to tell you a lease can't be changed when you're negotiating. They're going to tell you I can't give you free rent. They're going to tell you we can't do build out. We can't do this. We can't do that. It's not personal. They're just trying to meet the established parameters of what they told the building owners they can do. I want you to understand that, that they sold. That's how they got the job. They told the guys we can lease at X amount. So they want to be right. They're not going to give you unless you're forcing to. They're not gonna give you more than they told these guys they can do. And the, the more they put the screws to you, the better they look. So I hope you understand that they simply cannot give you a good deal because it's gonna make them look bad. How would you feel if you told a guy that you can help him lease up a property at a certain price point and then all you're doing is bringing deals below the price point you said? You're not gonna have a job very long. That guy would say, look, I hired you to make me a certain amount of money and all you're bringing me is bum deals, get out of here. So that brings me to an ugly part of this business. You could very well be in a building that is overpriced because the landlord broker made an ambitious, ambitious promise to an owner to get a deal. You could be negotiating with that person right now and hear the same excuses that I just mentioned to you about why they cannot do this or can't do that. The sad truth is, is that people need the best deals for their business, usually to attempt to negotiate directly with these landlords and they get the worst deals. It makes sense though, a business trying to save money is, is going to believe that going straight to the landlord is going to save them because they don't have to pay commission. The sad thing is, the landlord's paying commission to a broker anyway, whether you use a broker or not. The only problem is you get no benefit. And sadly, in most cases, you're gonna overpay in this scenario. So I want you to remember one thing. You can't shop for a commercial property the same way that you rent an apartment or buy a house. That'll kill you in this business. It's the assumption that you could take your experience in these areas in life and apply them here. So the fact that a landlord's broker's techniques are really built around you assuming that the landlord broker is trustworthy. It's built around you assuming that the landlord is looking out for your best interest and may give you a fair deal. Now, your average consumer purchasing a car or house has so many laws protecting them from this type of, of activity, this type of leverage, because they don't expect the average consumer to be sophisticated enough to be aware of the inherent dangers here. In commercial real estate, you're a big boy or big girl. They expect you to be aware. And most of you are, to be fair, but there's still a significant number that, that don't do what I'm about to propose. It's your choice on whether or not you wanna attempt this deal without help. And it's a free country. So if you wanna do it, that's your choice and that's your right. But why would you want to negotiate against someone that does this every day when you, at best, will only do it every five to seven years? Don't be that guy or don't be that gal. Make sure that you have an experienced, ethical, honest broker with a teacher's heart to level the playing field and set up a win-win scenario so both sides can have a fair deal. So this was a long podcast, but I thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. This is James Robertson signing off. I hope you get the best deal at the best price with the best terms possible. Thanks again.